Why not? A queer podcast. Hi, everybody. I'm Rick Todd. And I'm Jeremy Williams, and you're listening to Wine. Why not? A queer podcast. Episode 34. Yay. Yay. It's funny, because we're on episode 34, and I am 34 years old. <gasps> oh. No, I'm not. Oh, you're not? It's a lie. How old are you? I'm 44 years old. But I, do I look 34? Are you really 44? Yeah. Do I look younger? I <laughs> Mama, do I look younger? I, I don't know about all that. But I will say, um, I, I thought you were in your 30s for some reason. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't realize that we're only four <laughs> years apart. Maybe it's because you look at me like my references to TV and movies um, are obscure. In my defense, you watch television of a 60 or 70-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> you spend more time on CBS than my grandparents did. <laughs> <laughs> Can't help it. They got good shows. You know, I'm I'm willing to admit that I think you might be right because I'm I am uh, as we just established a young spry lad, um, <laughs> and uh, I spend most of my days on the TikToks while you were on network television. Again, um, why I might have thought you were younger. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of um, movie and TV clips on uh, on uh, TikTok. Like they'll pop up clips or. In some cases, they'll put entire episodes in two-minute segments. You just flip through the person's channel, it's the entire episode of the show. And I'll get into a couple of these clips. I was like, this is a really interesting show. And nine times out of ten, it's some stupid procedural (laughs) show from CBS. Um, I may actually – I don't know if this one's CBS or Fox, but I may actually start watching 911. Oh, yeah? That's Fox. Oh, is that Fox? They Um, do 911, which is really good. That's Angela Bassett. She's like – a uh she's an executive producer on it and there are tons of lgbtq characters and situations oh, on that maybe I'll i've start talked about that. it when we were talking about um i think it was when we were talking about women of color who are um queer women of color portrayed in tv shows yeah. and we talked about that that there's a, a lesbian couple in that well there's a popular scene you're a fan of the show so you've probably seen it that's all over the tiktoks of a man who's antagonizing a tiger at the zoo and the tiger gets out. Yeah. And it's so stupid and hilarious. I'm like, I need to watch this. But the man's, in, it turns out that the guy is one of those big game hunters who pays a bunch of money to go over to like places like Africa um, to hunt down and kill endangered species. So he was a very unliked person in the community and he was antagonizing a tiger, which gets out of his uh, his uh, pen and hunts this guy down and kills him. And everybody's like, well, he got what he deserved. <laughs> and I was like, that's a good show. I need to check that out. There are a lot of instances of really cringeworthy things happening. Like um, there's one where uh, this guy was cheating on his wife with the neighbor and he built a tunnel from his house to her house like in the backyard and the wife like um decided to use like some kind of fireworks or dynamite to blow up the tunnel but she didn't know he was in it oh no that's murder (laughs) ma'am that's murder (laughs) he he didn't die he just got trapped in the tunnel but it's always like it starts off always with some really bizarre gruesome thing but there is another show called uh 911 lone star and that it takes place in austin whereas 911 takes place in la and this this is the one uh, I'm sure the clip I saw of uh, this Karen lady 
who's faking a like she's having a heart attack and won't let people of color color give her CPR. <laughs> These are some wild shows. Yeah, um, and in this show there is a gay couple, and there you would like them, especially yeah. the first season because in the first season when they met and they were just. All over having sex other. all the time. Yeah. Um, now, then after the first season, they must have like their agents were probably like they're not taking their shirts off anymore, and so oh, they don't. No, mm. but it's a whole a whole story. Ratings line. tanked. Um, and he's like the son. The gay guy is the son of the star of the show, which is Rob Lowe. Very nice, very nice. I might have to check those out. Um, based on my TikTok scrolling, they look uh, they look interesting. Yeah, the, it it. I'm not surprised that you maybe thought it was a CBS show because Paramount Plus is full of cop shows. Oh, yeah. And first it, responder shows. It has a very CBS feel to it. So good on Fox for picking up that formula. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well, I know. Well, let's start off by just saying, as we do in every episode, um, if you like what you hear, if you've got suggestions or anything you want to talk to us, shoot us an email, wwn at watermarkonline.com for all of you Paramount Plus viewers. Um, everyone else, if you have to watch TikTokers, if- shoot us a message on Instagram. Uh, yeah, we've got a Facebook, we got an Instagram. Um, you and I had very busy work weeks this past week, so they weren't uh, kept up on, but there will be a lot of stuff being posted up there, mostly to do with what we did this past week that kept us so busy. That's right. I didn't do a damn thing. That's not true. Uh, mostly, I didn't do anything this last week. Everything all right over there? Everything all right with your with your th- bottle of threesome? That wine is spicy. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of Dylan's favorite TikTok things. Why is it spicy? Uh, wine just went down the wrong tube. That's all. <laughs> I uh, I would like to say, oh, I've I haven't been in the. Uh, in the drinking game for a few days and getting re uh, acclimated, but uh, uh, it's a lie. I drank a lot this past week. <laughs> um, it was there was uh, well, we'll get to it, but yeah, it involved a lot of drinking and socializing. We don't have to get to it. We're there. Tell us all about it. How was your week? What'd you do? My week, my week. <laughs> um, I uh, uh would like to give a big old shout out to uh, visit Philly. Um, which is the Visitor Bureau, obviously, up in Philadelphia. They uh, arranged... <laughs> For those who don't know, it's it's Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yeah. It's Philly. Or as we call it there, Philly. <laughs> um, <laughs> so stupid, I'm sorry. Um, so uh, they invited, uh, uh, I think it was eight or nine uh, representatives from some LGBT publications from around the country to um, to come out for the... National Lesbian and Gay Journalist Associations Conference that was being held in Philadelphia this past week, and also to experience um, Queer Philly, which I found out from this past week. Um, there is a lot of, of queerness in, uh, in Philadelphia. Oh, excuse me. So um, they invited us up, spent the week up there. Um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday was the conference, so we were in workshops and uh, classes all day, but when we first landed, uh, I landed on Tuesday. Wednesday, Visit Philly took uh, took the group that they invited and and uh, picked up the tab for. So thank you. Yeah, nice. Um, uh, took us all around to show us different um, LGBTQ businesses. Uh, they walked us around the neighborhood. It was a lot of fun. Really good trip. So um, I'm gonna pull up my notes here. Because uh, it was, we, they packed a lot into this week. So, uh, first landed on Tuesday. 
Um, and they were like, hey, Tuesday's yours because we've got you booked for the rest of the week. So take we landed like Tuesday, like Tuesday night. You're, yeah, yeah. We Tuesday la- night is yours. <laughs> we landed Tuesday afternoon. Uh, I Ubered to uh, the hotel, which is the Lowe's Hotel downtown. Um, gorgeous hotel. It's like a 33-story hotel. Um, they had put us all up on like the 27th, 28th, 29th floor, somewhere up in there. I am not someone, and you know this. I am not someone. Oh my who god! Enjoys... It took you forever to get up that elevator, those stairs, huh? Uh, well, it would have. <laughs> um, I am not someone who enjoys elevators or heights. Those are not two things that I enjoy uh, immensely. So when I checked in, I did ask them. I was like, "Is there any possible way for me to get a lower floor room?" So they put me on the sixth floor. So um, everybody else took their long trek up in the elevator, and uh, I walked up to the sixth floor. So I get in the room. Gorgeous room, beautiful. And uh, like two minutes later, there's a knock at the door. And there is this delightfully charming little bellboy there. And he's like, uh, hello, Mr. Williams. I have your gift pack package that was left for you. So they, he comes in with his big old tray that has like um, cakes and chocolate and uh, a gift bag and all these different like little trinkets. It's a huge tray and he puts it down. And uh, I felt like, you ever seen, uh, what's that movie? The uh, Home Alone 2. When he <laughs> checks in the hotel, felt fancy AF, as the kids say. Also, I can't say AF uh, as is because uh, my mother might be listening. But <laughs> and it makes you, it, it goes along with the I'm 30 persona. Yeah, yeah. AF. Oh, God. You are young AF. I am. Is that young? Do the kids say that anymore? I don't know. Anyway. I'm sure, I'm sure I have a niece or a nephew somewhere <laughs> laughing at me right now. Yeah. Um, so I get in. Get my little gift bag, go through that, um, and uh, try some of the little tasty treats. And uh, my friend had sent me, when she found out I was going to Philadelphia, had sent me um, a restaurant uh, or a bar, bar and grill type type thing, uh, a tavern. And she said, you need to go check this out. Um, I've heard good things about it. So uh, the name of it is McGillan's Old Ale House, which here in, in Orlando, when you say ale house, it's... You think, oh, it's, you know, it's like a bar and grill. Zingers! Uh, zingers, yes. Um, different kind of alehouse. So I go there. This is the oldest operating tavern in Philadelphia. It was open in 1860. And you walk in, and there's two entrances, but because I don't know my way around Philly, um, I ended up going in the back entrance also because I'm gay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the back entrance, you have to come down this little alleyway. And I instantly was transported to 1776. And I felt like Benjamin Franklin. Um, and I was going to like a private meeting at this tavern. Uh, but it's just like this little wall, like the little door, like a hole in the wall place. Um, and I walked in and everybody kind of turned and looked at me. And I'm like, they're like, Norm. It's a Cheers <laughs> reference. Um, so I walk in, sit down at the bar. And uh, the guy comes over to me and he's like, what can I get you? And I'm like, I I'm new in town. I don't drink beer. Just, you know, get me something. To bring me bring me your best ale. Um, so he poured me a beer and uh, was just super friendly. Not one of the nicest places I've ever been, like, friendly-wise. I mean, you know, it's a 150-year-old bar, so it's not like it was fancy and, and new and shiny and clean. But super nice people. Had some fish and chips. It's an Irish, Irish pub, so I Irished it up a bit. Um, and uh, had a really good time. Had, had Is that an Irish thing? Fish and chips, it's a UK thing. Yeah. I think it's across all of them. 
Okay. Maybe. I well, I mean, the, the chips part has to because it's potatoes, and the Irish love their potatoes. But they don't really – I think it's England. I, I, I'm basing this 100% off of um, Epcot. Oh, well. <laughs> they serve fish and chips at the was English. It, and I don't think the did English – Did I go to Philly or was I in Epcot? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I don't remember. I told, did I ever tell you this? Dylan and I talk about going to Epcot and pretending that we're actually touring all of these countries for real and taking like finding really obscure places to get photos and post them on Facebook. Yeah, so like when it. you see me take a trip around the world, just know I'm at Epcot. You're at Epcot, which is good. You know, Epcot's fun too. Um, but uh, my favorite part of the of the 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 pub, I guess is what you call it, um, is they have this big brass arm and it's holding a bell hung above the bar and it's got a little plaque next to it and it was hung on the door when the bar first opened in 1860 so when you would open the door this big old brass hand would ring the bell and let everybody know you came in um also i realized after i ate um there's a proper entrance at the front like two (laughs) double doors that opens to like this major city and i just stumbled down a hallway through a back door i'm not even sure i'm supposed to use it which is probably why everybody turned to look (laughs) at you when you walked in so they're like does he work here what the hell is he doing i'm like hi everybody i'm from orlando and then Um, they all go oh he's gay that's why he came (laughs) in the back door (laughs) um but it was really good you know uh enjoyed myself there went back to the room uh, to prepare for uh, my Wednesday uh, tour de force around Gay Philly. So all of Gay Philly in one day. All, well, that's what's interesting. All of Gay Philly that uh, visit Philly could squeeze into one day. What I did find out through the rest of the week in going to various places that there is a lot more Gay Philly than just what they took us to. So got up in the morning, went to um, Winkles. Which is a gay. <laughs> I want that to be the the name of everything. I want it to be like the word Smurfy. <laughs> I went to Winkle's Bar and then Winkle's Restaurant. <laughs> so, but if we put Mister in front of it, it would make me happier. So we all got together and we Mister Winkle. That uh, <laughs> no, it's a uh, it's a gay owned Dutch style restaurant, uh, and uh, we all met there for breakfast. And Mark Siegel, who is the owner and founder of what, what are you shaking your head? <laughs> do, they, do they specialize in Dutch ovens? <laughs> no, they specialize in uh, Dutch food. I don't know. They had It was a, it just like a variety of regular foods that you would normally get for breakfast. They did have this thing, and this might be Dutch. This thing that they had us all try called Olibolen. Oli Bolin, I think is what it's called. And it's like this round looking donut thing. And it's got cranberries and apples in it. And it's covered in powdered sugar and, and honey. Uh, and it was really delicious. But when they, they brought them and sat them on the tables in these little dishes, and they looked like giant fat meatballs. And I was like, <laughs> now that I'm complaining, but why are we having meatballs? Um, winkle balls, we'll call them. Um, why are we having some winkle balls for breakfast? Uh, but they were uh, they were just little, like little Dutch donuty type things, which uh, were pretty good. They were pretty good. Um, but Mark Siegel, as I mentioned, he's the owner and founder of Philadelphia. I don't know, maybe been around for a long time. Been around for he's, a while. I mean, it was it was uh, put together after Stonewall, um, yeah. and he was you know one of the original uh, Stonewall rioters. Yeah, I I am I 
think, and I jotted down some notes here, but he didn't seem to jot this one down. But I feel like he said that they're in their 48th or 49th year. So coming up on their 50th yeah. year. Yeah, they've definitely been around for a long time. And yeah. he's, a, he's a fascinating person. This man, he joined us for breakfast. And he was full of so many facts. Also, and I appreciate this. I enjoy a person who is enthusiastic and excited about the city he lives in. Like, if we would have sat down for breakfast, he's like, Philadelphia is a nice place. I've been here forever, and it's, you know, it's fine. It probably would not have been as uh, as an entertaining of a breakfast. But Let me ask you, did you feel when he was telling you all these stories, did you feel like you were reading Harvey Firestein's book again? I felt like I had Harvey Firestein's book being read to me by Danny DeVito. <laughs> and uh, it, it, we, he has a very, um, if you watch... Um, it's always, sunny in, it's always over sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, he is very enthusiastic and energetic, like Danny DeVito from that show. Um, so he, like, we sit down for breakfast, and then he stands up when, because uh, Laura, who was for the Visit Philly, who gathered us all together, she said, hey, Mark, go ahead and, uh, you know, talk to them a little bit about Philly. So he stands up, and he's very animated, and he's talking about all these things. Um, and... A lot of things that LGBTQ focus that got started in Philadelphia that later expanded to other parts of the country that get a lot of the credit, like New York and San Francisco and L.A. get a lot of the the credit. But um, some of the things that he mentioned, um, uh, they they had sit-ins in 1964 before Stonewall in Philadelphia for gay people uh, at restaurants. Uh, they had a LGBT march in 1964 and 1965. Um, they had uh, marches um, and uh, pickets before even Stonewall. Um, they were one of the first places or the first place to get uh, executive orders uh, for LGBTQ people to be safe for being hired in the state. Um, had uh, protections for sexual minorities had a liaison in every state department in Pennsylvania before any other state was doing it, um, and has one of the oldest and most um, uh, and more established gayborhoods in the country. Which you don't really think, I don't, at least I didn't, you don't think of Philadelphia as the center of LGBTQ history. Uh, now you think of like Rocky and the Liberty Bell. Yeah, which I went and saw both. So, um... Didn't Rocky punch the Liberty Bell and cracked it? Is that why it's cracked? Sure. We'll say that because I didn't ask how the crack got there. But. Um, you just. Sorry. You just said crack and butt back to back. And it made me laugh. Um, yeah. If there's anything you want to know about LGBTQ history. Yeah. Mark Siegel is a person to go. He he heads up the, the sort of history uh project around surrounding every october of every year which is lgbtq history month and he um he has a team of people that he works with he just kind of um curates all of this content about his gay historical figures it's fascinating yeah um i won't go into great detail of this fella but apparently our country was founded by a gay person uh part one of the founding fathers or i don't know if he was a founding father but he was there uh during the revolutionary war uh, Baron von Steuben, um, uber gay. Um, they have a, a. That sounds like it should be a dating app. An uber, uber gay. gay. It's like the oh new God, grinder. It's awesome. uber gay. I would sign up for that one. And the, but somebody drives them to you. Oh my God! Did we just invent a new company? 
Do you host? Do you host? No, I Uber gay. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so yeah, just they took us all around Philly. Just a couple of the highlights. Um, uh, they took us to uh, a, an LGBTQ owned LGBTQ owned Mexican restaurant, um, which food was delicious. My favorite thing about this restaurant, it is right next door to an AT and T, which um, I took so many photos and was recording and 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 taking videos of stuff that my phone got down to 2% by the time we got to lunch and I got to run next door to AT&T and buy a charger because I didn't bring one with me. Um, so shout out to AT&T um, for keeping me connected to the world. Um, <laughs> for doing your job, <laughs> for selling me a charger. <laughs> they get a shout out if they gave you one. Um, that would be nice. AT&T, send me, a, send me a charger. We'll give you another shout out. Um <laughs> So um, one of the things that they did, is it's called Beyond the Bell Tours. It's this group in uh, this business in, in Philadelphia that does walking tours. And uh, his name is Joey, uh, who gave us our tour. He is a delightful little gay. And he walked us through the neighborhood and uh, just kind of told us the history of the neighborhood and the history of gay LGBTQ people in, um, uh, in Philadelphia um, he told us of, uh, I mean, re even recent history with the, uh, prior to the progressive pride flag, there was the Philadelphia pride flag, which is the one where they added the black and the brown bars to it, or stripes to it. And they did it because there was this, um, uh, within the gay bars or one of the particularly there, there was a gay bar that was, um, rejecting, uh, black and brown queer people from coming in. Um, it's this whole thing. There's actually stories on Watermark and uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia Gay News if you want to read up on it. Um, but the bar ended up closing, and they opened up a new bar there um, that uh, is now very open and accepting. And uh, there's been this huge uh, push to embrace um, uh, black and brown queer folks there in Philadelphia. Um, and he told us the whole history of it. It's a really great tour. If it you was, go to did the same people open? No, 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 no. It's a different group. That okay, opened I was up. like, what? Let me clarify. Um, the the racist went away, and then ah. new people opened a bar in that location. Um, they moved to Florida, didn't they? Probably. <laughs> and their bar will be opening in October. No. Um, so uh, great walking tour. Walked us around. He has this book. There was a couple of, of tours that we did, um, uh, and they all have these like flip books with photos and stuff. So while they're talking, they flip them op uh, open so they show you photos. I've never really go on, a, on an organized tour before. So I don't know if that's like commonplace with tours or if it's just a Philly thing where they're like, hey, I brought pictures. And they flip through the pictures while they tell you stories. There's this one um, that I thought was crazy. So there was a, uh, uh, a gay activist there who was trying to get – this was back, in I think, in the 60s. And if I butcher this story – go to Philly and go on the walking tour with Joey and he'll, he'll correct everything I'd say that's wrong. Um, but there was, you just go, just go to downtown Philly. Yeah. Stand next to the bell and yell, Joey, Joey, I want to go beyond the bell. Joey. He comes running. Yeah. He's there. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, he's talking about this, uh, this one activist who, uh, was trying to raise awareness for people, um, in Vietnam. Um, uh, it was during the Vietnam war. So um, uh, he was trying to raise awareness that they're using napalm there. So in order to express how dangerous this is and how bad this situation was, he announced that he was going to napalm a dog and invited everyone to come watch. 
the people turned out in droves, obviously, to protest this. Oh, um, I was like, to see no, a no, dog No, 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 to die? protest. So, like, you know, animal rights activists, everybody came out, and they were like, you cannot do this. Um, they started picketing, and when everybody gathered, he said, welcome to your first protest. Um, hopefully, the next time you will come out for the people being napalmed in Vietnam. There was no dog. There was no napalm. Uh-huh. He just did it to drive them into the streets and say, now that I know that you can be motivated to to stand up for what's right, let's start standing up for, for what's right in Vietnam. So I thought it was a very clever way. Were you, were you disappointed? I was like, where's the that picture he... of the napalm dog? <laughs> <laughs> I did not want to see a napalm dog. So I went back to my room and I napalmed the dog myself. And if you want to watch that, um, <laughs> log on to. <laughs> so yeah, so um, uh, really great walking tour. Um, and then uh, after lunch, they took us to this place called the Magic Gardens, and it's the entire place, inside outside. Uh, there's this uh, 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 artist there who does mosaics, and he. Re- Sorry, Ma. He reminded me of my mother when she went through her um, spackling phase, where it started with just a few pieces here, but overnight it seemed like the entire house was spackled. His entire house inside and out is mosaic and he carried it on into to Lot's next door and built this giant mosaic pile of artistic garbage, <laughs> just like junk shoved into the plastered walls with um, pieces of tile and glass and uh, different paintings, different things donated from people. It's one of the most interesting things I have ever seen in my life. So we went there, and it's kind of a, a spot, the uh, the different type of uh, junk that's been put in the walls. There's lots of uh, bike tires um, that act as windows so you can see through to different parts of the, the, the exhibit. Um, and then there's like these little clay dolls that are throughout the whole thing. And there's a couple of them in precarious gay positions. Um, I got, I'll throw them up on, uh, on our social media, but there's some photos. There's two little clay boys whose penises are touching. Um, there's, uh, it's just one of the most interesting things I've ever seen. So uh, a lot of the mosaics are done with mirrors. So you mean just like two guys, penises touching. Yeah. Little clay guys. Okay. Yeah, they're not like real actual people. They're little clay dolls. I just don't know that we want to describe it as two little boys' penises touching. That's all uh, I'm getting at. They're, I'm I, sure they're consensual. <laughs> they're consensual adults. They're two little grown adult clay dolls. Right, thank you. Whose penises are touching. Um, but it's just—it's a very weird and interesting place. And and the other thing uh, that I thought was fascinating with it is. Um, uh, it just kind of sprawls out from there. And there's like 15 or 20 different mosaic murals throughout the city that I guess he just couldn't fit into this place. So he just started going out. Also the front of his house where he lives with his wife, he's still alive. Um, The entire front of the house is mosaic. And it's just like, this man can't go anywhere without mosaic, mosaic something. I don't know if that's the mosaicing. Mosaicing. I don't know if you were a mosaicer. (laughs) Shoot us an email. Shoot us an email. Let's know what the proper term is. Um, so, uh, then we went for drinks at a place called Tattoo, Tattooed Moms, which is an LG, a gay, Sounds like a biker bar. <laughs> it kind of had a re, it, it's, it's a very alternative kind of hipster vibe. 
Um, it reminded me a lot of kind of a cross between the hammered lamb and pom-poms here. Hmm. So um, during the day, it's a little restaurant downstairs, uh, which has artwork on the wall. Um, very eclectic kind of place. And uh, you can get food. The one thing I really liked about it, I'm not a vegan, but all of their dishes have plant-based options. So they have the Philly cheesesteak, but you can get it in a plant-based uh, option with impossible meat or whatever they cook, whatever vegans call that. Impossible to eat. Impo it actually was quite tasty. <laughs> he brought out samples. Of, I mean, they wined and dined us. It was absolutely fantastic. And then upstairs at night, there's a like a punk bar that had a very 1980s MTV vibe to it. Hmm. And they had like um, bumper cars um, that uh, were just kind of scattered where people sit and stickers and posters plastered anywhere that there was empty wall space. Um, people just come in and stick shit on the wall everywhere. It's, it's kind of his, he called it a community art exhibit and people just come and stick whatever they want on the walls. And it's kind of just developed this kind of weird 1980s punk uh, punk bar scene. Sorry, yeah, at, my Floyd's, at Floyd's, they call that wallpaper. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, <laughs> but this is wallpaper and floor paper and ceiling paper. Um, one thing that he said somebody did that I thought was hilarious, and he said I left it because uh, he goes, I thought it was great. Upstairs, they had a, a men's room and a, a ladies' room. And on the doors, it says guys and gals. So someone spray painted um, an A over the U on guys and a Y over the L on uh, on gals. So it says gays and gays. And then somebody wrote on the floor with arrows pointing to the bathroom door. It said, what kind of homo are you? And I was like, that's adorable. Um so we went there, uh, and they stuffed us full of food. And as we're sitting here, and I feel like I'm bursting at the seams, Laura's like, all right, go back to y'all's rooms and, you know, rest up for a little bit, and then we'll go to dinner. And I was like, I can't get dinner down. <laughs> I went, and I got dinner down. Um, I'm sure I put 10 pounds on, at least, on this trip. They just kept shoveling food at us. So this is your first time to Philly. First time to Philly. This is my first day in Philly, and all this happened. <laughs> That's all of that. All of in that was day. in the first day. It, it, it's fascinating, um, but you probably you gained ten pounds, but you must have burned off ten. Um, I'm sure it balanced out. There was a, Philadelphia is, uh, and something I've learned this past year because we've done a couple of trips. We we all went to Dallas. You, me, and uh, Ryan went to Dallas. We all went to New York last year or last uh, December. Um, there's something to be said, and please listen up, Orlando, the, the people who can do things in Orlando. Um, there's an enjoyment in being in a city that's a walkable city. Um, one of my things, and I love Orlando, don't get me wrong. One of my, compl my complaints about Orlando is you can't do nothing here without a car. Um, you could feasible, you could live in New York, you could live in Philly and not need a car. I mean, every, you could walk everywhere and anything, anywhere you can't walk. They have great public transportation. They've got a subway there. Subway's only two lines, but they're looking at expanding it uh, a couple of lines here in the next few years. So there'll be more uh, subways. Uh, but they have a great uh, bus system. It's just a really walkable city, which is something I appreciated. And, and it helped me to burn off some of, those, uh, <laughs> some of those 47 meals we ate that first day. 
Yeah, there was a uh, the National Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce in GLCC held a conference in Philadelphia a few years back, and Dylan and I went. Yeah, and we really liked it. I mean, you really come out of that, you know, convention center, and there's just stuff all around for you to yeah. go and check out. But it also helps that it's, you know, an old city. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, the age of it helps. Yeah. When um, they're, I mean, I think that if you live in a downtown high rise that has a grocery store and the on the ground level, you can probably get away with not having a car. Sure. If, yeah. You know, um, but when you when you have this really old city with all this history, like it must have been really cool being in that pub. Yeah. It's real. It's it's, and I don't know if I'm the only one who thinks shit like this. I'm probably not. Um, when you're sitting in a place that that's old like that it's just you kind of run through your head you know who else has been here who sat at this bar where i am did benjamin franklin have fish and chips and a beer where i sit now probably not i'm sure there's been updates and renovations is that where he invented electricity from that chair that is where he invented the bifocals because it is so dim in there you can't read the damn <laughs> menu i love the place i could one of the re- he was like well, what do you want i was like just bring me something i can't see the menu um so he brought me a beer which is lovely um but uh it it is it's something about an old city um i when i was in the military and i first got stationed overseas uh, i got stationed in italy it was the same feel that first night where you're just walking around and you're like wow i'm in a really old place how was the weather hot as balls yeah it was was horrible it must have sucked for a walking tour i and they even said, because Laura, who's the, the, the Vincent Philly who took us around, she goes, I am so sorry. I don't understand why it's so hot. She goes, it's never this hot. And I told her, I was like, I was looking at the weather, and I said, it seemed like you guys were having decent weather up until the day we landed. It was 97. And then the day after we left today, it's supposed to be in the 70s. And I was like, apparently, we brought the hot weather with us. Um, but it was it was awfully hot. Terribly hot. Um, but it sounds like a good time. But it was uh, really first good. time in Philly, so your first time having a Philly cheesesteak, like first a real time one. having an off. Well, according to everyone I talked to, yes, I many many years ago, about twenty years ago, I uh, I didn't get to leave the airport, but I had a layover uh, for about two hours in the Philadelphia airport. This was uh, in two thousand three, so oh, twenty years exactly. Um, and while I was there waiting for my flight. Um, in one of the little restaurants in the airport, I had a Philly cheesesteak and uh, a drink. And uh, I was told by the gentleman who was two seats over from the bar from me, uh, we were making small talk. And I told him I was uh, a layover heading home. And uh, I said, this is the first time I've ever had a Philly cheesesteak in Philadelphia. And he said, you're in the airport. It's not a real cheesesteak. <laughs> So according to him, I had my very first Philly cheesesteak. He probably this week. isn't too far off. But also, like you're, you're, you, we were talking about this earlier, and your cheesesteak was like um, white American cheddar. Yes, yes, I white got, American cheese. I went um, uh, the place. I can't remember the name of it. I should have written it down. But the lady at the front desk of the hotel, because I asked her where can I get a the, a good cheesesteak, and she sent me to this place. Started with an I. It's actually owned by an Asian guy um, who immigrated here and opened this place like 30 years ago or something. Um, and, and he I, he adds on the menu authentic Philly cheesesteak. And then he has something called the South Philly cheesesteak. So I ordered one of each. And I ate one there and I took one back to my room um, to have later. And the authentic one was just the meat, the onions, 
and white American cheese on it. Um, they did have options where you could swap out the cheese, but I was like, yeah, I want to try the authentic thing, so give me the authentic one. The Philly one also had the white cheese on it, but it also had peppers, um, I want to say mushrooms? Uh, had a couple of veg. Oh, spinach. Spinach, peppers, and onions in it. Um, and they were absolutely amazing. They were delicious. Um, but yeah, they did offer, because you had mentioned that uh, Cheese Whiz is like something that they put on the Philly cheesesteaks. Yeah, yes. And I don't know if that's like the authentic one, um, but I am afraid of Cheese Whiz. Um, I don't understand. Do you eat Velveeta? No. What? I don't how could you the not? Cu- it weirds me out. Cheese isn't supposed to look like that or feel like that. It's not cheese. It's processed <laughs> cheese food. And if you've ever been to my house and eaten my queso, you've mm. had Velveeta. Well, then I unknowingly had <laughs> Velveeta. I mean, you melt it. I'm not, I don't buy the Velveeta. I'll just say that. I personally don't buy Velveeta. I'm sure I've eaten Velveeta at other people's houses. Um, I have gotten processed cheese salsa dips, which probably were made with Velveeta. Or like you ever have those like cheese and crackers things that with that cheese spread? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's processed cheese So, food. yeah, I've never bought like the block of Velveeta and chopped it up and said, I'm going to make some Philly cheesesteaks with these. Mm. Um, but maybe I will. I'll give them a try. Or, or grilled cheese with them. I just know that when I was there, uh, when yeah. I was in college and I, I had this scholarship where we were supposed to do some insane amount of community service hours to the scholarship. Now, if you graduated without doing all the community service hours, you had to pay back your scholarship. And I decided I was going to graduate a year early. And I looked at my volunteer hours like, oh, my God. So I went to Philly to tutor at, inner, at an inner city elementary school, much like Abbott Elementary. And it was much like Abbott Elementary. Uh, and it, it was this crazy experience, but what they wanted us to do was find somebody who was like uh, the star student of the week for us. And we would take that, that kid out to Philly cheesesteaks, which is really weird because like, I don't have like, like a lot of training with kids. And so I'm like, okay, well, let me go knock on this stranger's door and say, Hey, I want to take your daughter for cheesesteaks. Cause she was a good student this week. And I'm just this <laughs> nobody kid from... Anyway, um, so we went to this place, and I had this jacket that I loved. I mean, if I if I had a picture of it to show you right now, you'd probably laugh at me and be like, "This jacket is hideous," but I loved it, and it had suede on it, of course. And but I ordered a cheesesteak, and I didn't realize it was gonna have cheese whiz on it. So I picked up this steak, and when I moved it, all the cheese whiz <laughs> fell on the sleeve of the jacket, coated it, oh, and boy. it was like that. It's that it reeked, and I had to throw the jacket away. That's my that's my <clears throat> cheesesteak story. It was good though. Yeah, I will. Uh, Cheese Whiz was an option on the menu, um, but uh, at this place, he said that was the his authentic one. So, um, at one thing I did learn is that um, everyone's cheesesteak differs from person to person and place to place. Um, no, the only thing they could all agree on is the best place to get a cheesesteak is at Joe's, but Joe's had a fire and is it opened? Until October. Ah. I think they planned it that way because they're all like, Joe's burned down, so it'll open up again in October, so you got to come back. I think they planned it so that they can just get repeat business back to Philadelphia. And then when you come back, oh, it's not ready yet. Uh, you got to come back. It's yeah. still working on it. Um, but it was a, such a great trip. I mean, you so much You said that happened. like you would eat one of Joe's and say, <laughs> why is it spicy? <laughs> uh, I bet Joe's has an amazing cheesesteak. I'm going to go back and try one. 
a couple of really quick things that I learned while I was in Philly. I don't want to take up the all the time with Philly stuff. Um, but I went to Benjamin Franklin's gravesite. Um, and apparently it is good luck to throw pennies on his tombstone. He has a, a, a um, uh, what do they call it? What do they make those giant slabs out of? Porcelain. No, porcelain? Ivory. I don't know. I don't know. It's some b- marble kind of thing. Um, and people throw pennies. And the reason is because apparently Benjamin Franklin is the one who said a penny saved is a penny earned. So they throw pennies at it. People throwing pennies at it are dinging up the thing. So they've had to fix his tombstone several times. And the people have asked, please stop throwing pennies on his tombstone. I don't want to be the guy that says that that doesn't make any sense. But it doesn't make any sense. A penny saved is a penny earned. If you're throwing it at him, you're not saving it. So now you're going to go broke. One other thing that I learned in one of the earliest cities of America is that nothing makes sense in America. (laughs) (laughs) These people don't think about those things. They're like, Benjamin Franklin loved pennies. Everybody throw your pennies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Now, if you go out and you gather all those pennies off his Mm. grave, you've just saved a bunch. You've just earned a bunch of pennies. Um, but right next to Benjamin Franklin, well, not like right, right next, because it's Benjamin Franklin and his wife. I'm pretty sure it's his wife who's in there. I've heard stories that Benjamin Flank- Franklin uh, was a bit of a philanderer, so who knows who's in the grave with him. But next to him is another, uh, I think, uh, somebody else famous. Now, you've seen renderings of Benjamin Franklin. Yes! But was he that, was, was still... that hot back then? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or was he just so rich he could get whatever I, he wanted? I think he was just such an, an influential person in the building of America that a lot of the lady folk felt they owed him. They're like, I love how your hair makes you look like you have a curtain going around the back of your head. <laughs> um, so, but a couple of graves over is uh, the grave. Uh, it's a double, another double grave of Catherine Inglis and Margaret McGall who their tombstone says, sacred to friendship. This tomb is erected to the memory of Catherine Inglis and Margaret McCall, united through life, united in the uh, united in the grave. These two were lesbians. They're not allowed to say they're lesbians, but these two are obvious. Benjamin Franklin is buried next to a pair of lesbians, which I absolutely love. Why wouldn't they just tell you that they are? Because it was 1700s. They weren't allowed. Oh, but like now? They were spinsters. Oh, I asked the Somebody just needs to throw a bunch of pennies in a pattern that says (laughs) these are two lesbians. Lesbians. Um, There's there's like a little booth when you first enter the graveyard. Um, It's called Christ Church Cemetery. And uh, they have like, they sell trinkets and stuff and no pennies. They don't have any pennies. Um, but they have a book of all the etching. So I was talking to these two ladies who, much like Catherine and Margaret, I will not make assumptions, but I'm pretty sure they were gay. <laughs> <laughs> and I was asking them, I was like, listen, I came across a, a dual grave back there with two ladies buried in the same spot. And she said, we're not allowed to say that they are not allowed to say, oh, these two are absolutely lesbians because we don't know. And she looked at me and she said, but, you know. <laughs> so I said, oh, I get it. So uh, they had a book there that, uh, because as time goes on, a lot of these tombstones, they're wearing off and you can't read them. So they had a uh, an organization come in and write down all of the information. Because some of these tombstones are elaborate and have like these long poems. 
and wrote down everything on the tombstones that they could read and put it in a little book. So I bought the book and it's got all the different etchings on there. And she earmarked some of the uh, pages of the tombstones that she said, again, we can't say they're gay, but you should really check out these tombstones. <laughs> um, so I just thought that was great. Um, and next door to that is the meeting house. Uh, it's called uh, the the Arch Street Meeting House, which is what Quakers called um, called their churches. And uh, I don't know a lot about the Quakers, so I don't know their their thoughts on LGBTQ people or their history with LGBTQ people. But outside of this place is a plaque that um, talks about how in 1979, 300 LGBT activists met in this meeting house to plan the Gay and Lesbian March on Washington, hmm. which I thought was fascinating. Oh, nice. So I thought maybe of... it would just say diabetes. Diabetes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if that's the same kind of Quaker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, oh, religion, not oats. Yes, it's like we welcome the gays and all oatmeal eaters in here. Please come. <laughs> um, but it was just so much, even outside of what they wa- they told us on the day of um, uh, of the gayborhood and talking about queer Philadelphia. Uh, I found so many other instances of of LGBTQ uh, focus uh, throughout Philadelphia. So I'm working on a story that's going to be in the next issue that's going to talk about all these little queer places that I found. The next issue that goes to press in 24 hours. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's pretty much written. I just uh, there's a was this the trial run? This was just I want to see what worked. (laughs) Um, So but uh, so, yeah, it's a great, 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 uh, great trip. and I went to a conference. We don't have time to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds great. It, it all sounds great. It sounds lovely. I mean, I, I love Philadelphia, and I, I love Mark Siegel, and I yeah. think that it's great that Visit Philly um, was so proud of their city that they brought people in from all over the country to, yes. to take a tour of I think it's great. I a huge thank you to Visit Philly. I can't Philly. imagine what a walking tour of Orlando would look like, but I do know I did run across a walking tour in St. Petersburg. Which I thought was fascinating. It was down Central S- Avenue. You know, St. Pete, probably a, it's 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 a easier city, I think, to, to organize yeah. a walking tour. Here, it's like, you know, let's walk down I-Drive, and then everyone get on the bus, and we'll take you to Epcot, and you can walk around the world. <laughs> uh, well, that all sounds great. Yeah. Well, everybody, that's been our Philadelphia episode. Thanks for listening. Oh, see- Next week, we'll... <laughs> I, I told you there was so much. I still have all of this, all of this to go through. Um, I think Michael Carbonaro will be very disappointed that he's getting bumped in the next episode. <laughs> you know what? Based on that movie, I don't think he minds being bumped at all. Um, oh, oh. But while I was walking around Philly learning about all the queers, um, you uh, were doing a little trip yourself. I was. Um, I was on a cruise for the last week. Yes. It was Jen's birthday. So, you know, we, her birthday was actually on the 3rd, which was Sunday. And so we did the obligatory go to Kobe for our birthday and have a little celebration there. So we did that. Kobe Steakhouse. It's like a Benihana, if you don't know. It's a hibachi That's where they grill. do the, let me show you an egg roll thing. Yeah. I love that joke. <laughs> and oh. then they take the egg and they spin it. Yeah, and they make volcanoes. And I mean, we go for people's birthday all the time. So it's kind of like... I'm just so curious about it. You know, like what what's the training process like for this? How many tables they do in a day? Like all these things. I are- love it. I love and it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but Kobe's the one that if they have um specialty drinks 
in a white Buddha glass, and you get to take that glass home. Yes? I don't know. See, I, I don't know. And I don't remember anything prior to eight years ago. And since, <laughs> I, don't, since I don't drink anymore, I, don't, well, if, I did not order. If you're not supposed thing. to take those glasses home, I want to issue an apology to yeah. Kobe's. <laughs> it, it's, it's just like when you go bowling and they give you those shoes to take home with you. <gasps> they are so comfortable. No, I'm just kidding. I don't take the shoes. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, we, we, we did that uh, on Sunday, and then, which was kind of silly because we I was sort of like dieting because I knew we were going on this cruise. And then yeah. the day before we go, we go there and eat a Are ton of food. Are you someone who, leading up to a cruise, you like you don't eat anything for a week? It's it, – yeah. I mean, uh, it's because when you're on a cruise, you're you going to triple your yeah. size. Yeah. Um, so, we went – yeah, so I end up going um, to this cruise, and I'm I'm just stuffed already because of the night before. And I know that how cruises run, right? You've not been on one, right? I have not. Uh, the The closest I came to being on a cruise is my brother got married on a cruise, so I was on the cruise ship for about an hour and a half, two hours, and then uh, they were like, "So if you didn't pay for a ticket, time to get off." So then I had to get off. Isn't that, I think that's lame. I mean, not that your brother's wedding was lame. I just think that it's it's lame that you get kicked out of the wedding because it's like, this is fun. Okay, go. Yeah. Well, I mean, if I'd have bought a ticket, which they encouraged us to. They were like, everybody, buy a cruise ticket and come with us. And I was like, it's your honeymoon. That's weird. <laughs> so I didn't go. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I get that, but it's sort of like I don't have to hang out with you. Yeah. So here's how cruises work. Basically, this is what you do. You wake up and you eat. Mm-hmm. And then you go to the pool. Yeah. And then you eat. Okay. And then you sleep. Love it. And then you eat. Yeah. And then you see a show and go to sleep. So Sounds like my life every day. <laughs> you eat and sleep and eat and sleep. And really all you're doing is you're either sleeping, eating, or getting ready to sleep or eat. It's kind of crazy. So, you know, because there were three of us in this room, and if you, they're small rooms. Yeah. You know, they're not like these big hotel rooms. Um, it's probably the third was of the it, size of the hotel Was it just room. you, Dylan, and Jen? Yes. Okay. Right, and so, but there's only really room for, it's like a queen size bed, um, but if you've got, if you need two separate beds, they'll separate them. Okay. Um, you know, but Dylan and I, like, we can't sleep on a twin size bed, uh, so the couch formed into a bed and Jen slept on that. Um, but it's kind of like, it's a little cramp when you got more than two people in the room yeah. because, you know, it's like, okay, I need to go towards, I need to go to the bathroom. So she'd have to step out of the way and you go. And it was just a little weird. We're not used to that. We're used to just two of us in a room at a time because yeah. we're spoiled and bougie and we like to, you know, pay the extra money to not have to be that way. But we were just like, let's do this quick little trip. It'll be fun. Is the lawn service here? Is that what that is? <laughs> it is. If you guys can hear that, I honestly, for a moment, I thought it was your laptop. And I was like, is that thing going to blow up? Um, I thought it was at Halloween Horror Nights. I think it's a, there's an, a blower outside. <laughs> and I think he's has an air blower in his hand. Um, so, yeah, if you hear that, sorry. Yeah, that's all yeah. it was. It was distracting me. Ah. Um, also, like, my, my stories about this cruise are nowhere near – um, as entertaining as Jeremy's stories I, of I refuse to believe that. <laughs> yeah, where you did know, you go? Where did this cruise take it, you? It went to Coco Cay, which yeah. is the – well, first it went to Nassau, Bahamas, which I think is notorious for being, like, the worst <clears throat> port that you can go to on a cruise. Really? There's really not much to do. Nassau is the Bahamas, yeah? Yes. Okay. So there's the straw market, which is insane. If you've not been to the straw market, my advice to you is don't go inside. Yeah, that's it. Just don't go I now, say don't go inside if you have hay fever. 
Other than that, check it out. <laughs> So they make so they make all the stuff out of straw. So hats. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you think about something that can be made out of straw. It's there. Purses, umbrellas, hats, whatever that kind of thing. So affordable as housing. As you're walking up to it, they're like, you know, to Jen. They're like, hey, pretty lady, come over here. Let me show you what you can get. These are all. This is and it's like mm, I'm good. And they're like, you know, what are you looking? Did they at? call her pretty lady? They did. That sounds so Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. I don't like it. And so what? And I walked by and I looked at something and they're like, hey, handsome, what you looking at? And, and they're like, that sounds so like, Brian Singer. And then they keep saying, <laughs> and they keep saying, like, oh, come on, I'll give you a good price. I'll give you a good price. I'll give you a good price. Um, and you just got it. I told Dylan before we before we got off the boat. I was like, don't make eye contact and just say no, thank you, no, thank you, no, thank mm-hmm. you. Keep walking because uh, we did have a destination in mind. So we, but we're going to the straw market. I actually did see something that I liked that I ended up buying it, but I didn't go in yeah. to the straw market. Like you go in and all of a sudden, like you can you can get lost. There's like. It, what appears to be hundreds of vendors inside this tiny place and their little pathways. It's like being in a hoarder's house. And so once you get inside, you mm-hmm. you are not coming out alive or with any money. Yeah. When I was in uh, South Korea, um, there were these places where, because they, they do, there's no copyright laws or, or trademark laws in, in Korea. So um, you can buy any movie and you can buy any product. Uh, that is kind of a, a, a not the authentic, but what do they call it? a knockoff? So when you people go there for purses all the time. So if you want like a Prada purse, they get Fuji's and, and Fradas, Fradas <laughs> and uh, Louis Batons. Um, but they're like, you were looking for a purse, and I was with a friend of mine, and she's like, yeah, I want a purse, and he's like, come with me, and they walk you through their shop to the back door, and then down these stone steps underneath the business, and I was like, I am not. <laughs> Getting I, sex trafficked. I am not I going do, down there. I do not want a purse that bad. Yeah. But we went down there, and it is such a, like, an underground business. I assume your your straw factories were the same way. Yeah. And it's not just the straw. It's not the straw market. Just that. It's everything. So every time you're walking, like, people are trying to say, hey, you want to you taxi to the beach? You want to taxi to the beach? And then one guy looked at me, and he goes, how about a nice day for the family? A nice day for the family. And I was like, this is not my family. <laughs> Well, I mean, they are. <laughs> well, I mean, they, but it, I think what he was getting at. I don't know these is people. He thought that Jen and I were married and that Dylan was our son. Oh. <laughs> That's why I was like, this is not what you think. What's your delightful boy like a toy? <laughs> this is my husband. Um, so, but, so we ended up walking past all that. We walked down to Margaritaville Resort. Now, I feel like these are the two. God rest your soul. These are the two, Yes. Uh, these are the two things I think that you can do in in the Bahamas. The only two things that you can do. Now, I guess there were little there were people trying to say like, "Hey, I can take you to swim with sharks," or who would swim with sharks? Why would I go? Why would I go? Somewhere? These people don't know us at all. I know why. Why would I? Why would I voluntarily go to a place? I don't know what your government laws are or what you you know what safety requirements are required. I feel like you're just gonna give me a, like a bucket of dead chickens and throw me in the water and yeah. say swim. Yeah, sorry, I saw Jaws. I don't like yeah. this. Yeah, so I wasn't interested in any of that. Um, but we had decided months ago that what we do is go to Margaritaville. And if you don't go there, then you can go to Atlantis. But Atlantis, which is this huge resort, has a water park. But in order to go to that, it's like. 250 bucks or something something really? outrageous uh now this one wasn't like incredibly inexpensive it's like 130 a person i think uh for us to go to this but it was it was fabulous actually i really liked it and just because i'm lazy and there's a lazy river 
I know. When I'm on like vacation, I'm vacation river. living. Yeah. We are pool people. We're not beach people. We did go get in the water because they had a private beach attached to Margaritaville. Yeah. By the way, as we were walking and people were trying to get us to get in their taxis to take us to a beach, it was to the beach that we ended up walking to. But um, it's probably like the 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 width of this building that we're in is the beach area. They for, wanted to taxi you there? For the public. No, that's oh. just the size. Of, it was um, it was like a mile walk to oh, get okay. there. It wasn't that bad. It was like a mile, but the but the beach for the public was about the size of this building, which is small. And this, but then there was like how the many private, people were crammed in there? A ton. Holy it was crap. packed. And then like they're, they're right next to it. Only the only thing between the public and the private beach was a security guard. There are no ropes, nothing, and they you didn't cross it. You should have stormed him. They didn't. They didn't cross it. No, we were on the private part. Oh, because we oh. paid to go to the resort, and so um, and our thing was like we could walk right up. There were chairs available. We could go right into the ocean. So we did it for like a second, and then I was like, hey, Dylan, do you want to swim out? And he's like, No, I don't want to swim out. He's like, There's sharks, and I was like, No, there's not sharks. There's that lion thing there. That's that's. They have like a barricade that the sharks can't get in. Sure. He's like, no, it's just a rope. <laughs> and I'm like out there, and I was like, sharks don't like ropes. And then all of a sudden, I got freaked out, and I was like, this, I don't, no, I gotta go. So we went, so we went back to the pool area and just really kind of went around the lazy river. Yeah. And it was really kind of cool. We we were only there for two hours, and then we walked back to the boat because you know that's what we did. So yeah. Nassau's not like the most exciting place to go to, but Margaretville was cool. Yeah. I'll one up you. I am not only not a beach person, but I am not a pool person. I am a bathtub person. <laughs> I want to tell you why I thought of you while I was on the cruise. <laughs> Has nothing to do with the bath. <laughs> Were you with the bathtub? <laughs> no. So, so we're we're on this Independence of the Seas, right? So that's what that's the boat we're on. Now, the last one I went on was like Symphony of the Seas. Yeah. And I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like I don't know if you if you it's like you're on Symphony of the Seas. You're like riding in a limo, and then um, you know. You go on the next thing, and it's like, hey, here's your four-door sedan. I find it best to work um, department store-wise. Is it a Target? Is it a Walmart? Is it a Kmart? Well, see, I was going to describe it like this. It would be like if you're used to shopping at a super Walmart, Mm -hmm. and then you go to a new town, and they only have like a regular Walmart, and you're like, oh, it doesn't have all the things. Or a Big Lots. (laughs) Or an Ollie's. So it was- Are you familiar with Ollie's? Yes. Okay, yeah. Oh, my God, Ollie's. <laughs> ooh, no offense, y'all, but jeez, if ooh, I that, was like, and Ollie's is a Walmart for someone who thinks Waffle House is classic. I, I can't, I can't remember where I was, but I saw like a salt and pepper shaker for like Thanksgiving that was like a pioneer man and woman, and I was like, oh my god, they were, they were deliciously awful, and I'm sorry if it's so, if these belong to somebody in my family, but um. <laughs> Because I don't remember where I saw that, where, but I just remember the person saying that they got it at Ollie's, and I thought I need to go to this store. My there's an Ollie's in um, Kingsland, and where my parent, my mother, and my brother live, they swear by the place. They love it. So, so this boat, it's not, it, it's not like a difference between, you know, like it's not like a, like a stoop, like Ollie's. yeah, it's not like that. It's it's. It, it had a lot of the same stuff that was on the other. It was all just smaller, and it didn't have like the Central Park area, but it still had this huge boardwalk. Like it's better. It's not like um, there's a cruise line, and I I won't say the name because I don't want to get in trouble for it. That's that's like 
um, that's notorious for being trash. Yeah. And and you'll know it if you just look up. Just look up what cruise line do people get arrested on the most and see if it pops up. Or, you know, what cruise line are do drunk people pee in the pool and, you know, run down. There was a – on this cruise line recently, somebody said that every morning at 2 a.m., somebody walked through the hallways of the boombox blaring club music. Oh, my God. Yeah, and 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 this, it's gotten so bad on this cruise line. They have a fifteen drink maximum. You can't drink more than fifteen drinks. <laughs> now, first of all, lower that to like nine, <laughs> and maybe people wouldn't get arrested on your cruise. What does yeah. it say? Fif- um, let's go to oh, there's a list. Let's go to number one. I think these are specific cruises. Oh, they like specific um, cruise ship names. Let's see. Ooh, excuse me. These people had a lot to say about these cruises. Um, this is number 13. I don't know why they're not loading very quickly. <laughs> well, I apologize for the pause in the chat. Ladies well, and so like I said, I this this the the one we were on is really nice. So we were yeah. on Royal Caribbean uh, and Royal is Royal's a nice cruise line. I've always had a really good experience on it. I've never experienced anything like overly rowdy, except this time, <laughs> which was weird. Why? What and happened? I, I just I attribute it to this. It was like usually we'll go on a cruise that's like five or more days. This was four days, and it, you know it's four days. It's a lot cheaper. It's a holiday weekend, and it's a short one. So it's like something that people can do. Yeah. Um, like more people can do it. Um, so it was just it was just rowdy. People were chanting at the um there. What they do on on Royal is they have this area called the Solarium, and it's adults only. Uh, so or you have to be 16 years or older to get to this pool. So it's usually quieter. Yeah, yeah. I will say that if I if and when I do go on a cruise, I want the entire cruise to be adult only. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not that big of a problem, to be honest with you. I don't like to be around a lot of, like, screaming kids. Yeah. Um, but it's really not that big of a deal um, because there is that on – all cruise ships will have an area where you can go. Also, there's um, – they have these – camps for kids that are on the cruise ship that are all inclusive so if people bring their kids then they just drop them off there um but i mean there are still running brats running around and then you get into like the elevators which is always like elevators on a cruise get used to walking stairs it's a lot you'll be a lot happier and you like stairs i do love although but if you're on like the dining room three dylan and i did this we're on the dining room three and our room was on nine so we walked up six flights of stairs Woo, we were out of shape. Yeah. Um, but um, when you get on an elevator and there's kids and they're like pressing buttons. Oh, so, or like, I want to press the button. Oh, my God. There's a movie called Elevator, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and it's about. It's What's a, it about? It's a, <laughs> a bunch of people get on an elevator and go to the top floor for a party. And the owner of this company who's throwing the party has his granddaughter with him. And she's like seven or eight. And she pulls the the knob to stop the uh, elevator and breaks the elevator. And the entire movie is this series of events because this little brat pulled the thing. <laughs> and there's this one guy who hates elevator. He would be me. He hates being on elevators and he's getting anxious. And she pulled the little knob and he's like, you did that on purpose. And uh, she's like, no, Grandpa, it was an accident. And he's like, she says it was an accident. And he's like, that little bitch is a liar. <laughs> and he's like, whoa. And I was like, that would totally be me. I may not know my <laughs> elevators. But that bitch is a... Yeah, so, um, yeah. Oh, I so, don't, kids so here, on an elevator suck. So here's, what, here's, the, here's the deal. So we're in the solarium, and people are being rowdy and loud and cheering, and it's kind of weird. 
Um, but and, and this one was different because the solarium room was open, so the sun was coming in. Okay. Usually they're like all enclosed, or or usually on the ones I've been on, they have been. So we're sitting there, and it's like it's got like the water is like six inches deep um, for a huge part of it, and that's basically so that you can just kind of sit in the water and then and and just be there so then like you go into the pool and then that ledge where it's like six inches and then it goes deep and there's a ledge there but the pool was like five and a half feet deep all throughout so i'm five six and i was like this is really weird and jen's shorter than me um so we were kind of like sitting on the ledge and i basically put my arms on the ledge put my chin on the ledge like this and i'm sitting there and I swear to God, not five inches from my face, this woman comes and sits down in the in the water that's just six inches tall. And it's right there in my face. Now, I like to get in pools, and it doesn't bother me. But I'm like, that water has got a direct line Ew. from your private parts to my face. I was like, I was like, Jen, I got to move. I was like, I'm sorry. Jeremy is talking in my ear right now. I've got to get out of here. Like the front and back, all of it right there, right next to my face. Any kind of movement will move the water through her JJ and (laughs) through her bathing suit. Little hair swimming towards your face. All I could think about was you and how disgusted you would be. And it made me disgusted. So I would would die. I would die. Um, really quick, I got to the bottom of the list. I don't even know what the cruise line this is, but according to, and this is an article from farandwide.com, so take it uh, with a grain of salt. Take it far and wide. Uh, it, it's not us. This is them. Um, Herta Gruden Cruises? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Herta Gruden? Um, it's a, it's a, a, a Norway cruise. Um, but here's what surprised me. Number two on this list, Disney Cruises. It's probably because they're so expensive. Oh, maybe. They are maybe. they are absurdly expensive. Um starting at $672 a night, that's probably why they're number 2. Um I just want you to know that oh, yeah, a night. Right. So it's it, it, a Disney cruise is like double what other cruises yeah, are. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um yeah, that, that it I'm, starts with a C, the one I'm talking about. But it's oh, like <laughs> I know which one you're talking. Yeah, about. you just say who gets arrested on cruise ships the most on yeah, what cruise I just ships put, get put in which are the worst cruises to go on. And, oh well, uh, they're probably going to be a like a Yeah, that's probably some, like a fishing boat. Um, <laughs> speaking of the upcoming issue, there is a uh, a story that was sent to us um, by Mark Siegel of an Arctic cruise he went on. Yes, he went to Iceland. Yep. Yeah, hey, I want to Iceland, I go there Norway. Um, read the story before you go. <laughs> he had some things to say about the cruise line he went on. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so just read that and then. See was it the same one I go on? No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. All right. Um, but you, you're speaking of racism. <laughs> that was, <laughs> Wait a minute. That was, Mark Siegel no, is no, not no, a no. racist. <laughs> that was, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was talking about your impression of the name of that. Oh, first of all, I am partly Norwegian, yeah, so it's okay. You can't be racist if you make fun of white people. (laughs) Is that how that works? Is this our last episode? I've asked my friends of color, and they said, yeah, make fun of white people all you want. I do do enjoy 
making fun of white yeah. people, which is why I like that um, SNL characters uh, or that guy from SNL, the stand-up we talked about yes. a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why I liked him so much. Yeah. Um, but so I'm a fan of stand-up nice segue comedy. to comedians. Right. I'm a stand. Yeah. I'm a fan of stand-up comedy. Uh, we didn't get to the last cruise I went on. We didn't get to go see the comedian because those usually book up really fast. People like yeah, comedians. Yeah, yeah. So those who haven't like me who've been on cruises, um, along with the the pools with the ladies and um, the the eating constantly, they have shows and they do comedians, they have all magicians, kinds of stuff. all kinds of shows. Honestly, there's there's casinos on every on every boat. They do. All kinds of trivias. I went to uh, Broadway Name That Tune trivia on this There's cruise. Something I learned while I was just on for a short time with my brother's wedding. They have clubs, like actual bars and clubs like you would see. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, they also they have um, AA meetings. Oh my they, god! They, they it, had twelve step program meetings at this conference I was at. Oh really? Yeah, oh, I nice. didn't go to any. If uh, <laughs> probably should. Maybe next to, time. Probably <laughs> should have gone to a couple. Maybe a couple more episodes. <laughs> uh, anyway, so so, there, so there's all kinds of stuff to do. Yeah. They do they do shows. They did Grease on this one. There's a magician. There's all kinds of stuff. Um, you know, and and in this one you didn't have to make reservations. On the bigger ones that have like thousands and thousands of people, you have to you have to make a reservation to be sure yeah. you can get a seat and that kind of thing. So we go to the comedian. It's the 1030 show because it's the adult show and he can say whatever he wants. And I'm like, this is great. Let's go to the adult show. You know, because I don't want to. Who doesn't love a good dirty joke? Right. I don't want to yeah. hear like a baby shark joke. I yeah. want to hear like, you know, mom and daddy shark joke. That sounded weird. I'm sorry I said that. <laughs> so then, so then um, by the way, you know the song Baby Shark? Yes. You know what I learned recently? There's this song called Sleepy Shark. And Sleepy all it shark. is. Yes. 100%, but all it is is the music played in a lullaby kind of thing, so you can go to sleep. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's great. And I- <laughs> you know, speaking of, and we'll get to your racist comedian in a second, um, speaking of um, lulling yourself to sleep, I have become addicted to these videos. They're all over YouTube, and people post them. They're like 8 to 12 hours long of um, ambient noise, of like uh, white noise. There's like rain, but all of it, it's like windows open, with the rain, a thunderstorm coming, and somebody listening to music in the next room. So it's like a muffled 1920s or 1930s song, which I think would be creepy to some people. It is so relaxing the to me. The first thing I thought of, if I wanted to be terrified when I went to bed, <laughs> I'd put on the Insidious movies. But that's what it felt like, and I don't know why, but they're so relaxing I to need me. to know what the songs are before I can do this, because if it's some hollow-sounding woman singing and it's like a horror movie, mm-mm. Yeah, it's it's very much like that. Oh, good <laughs> anyway, lord. Anyway, uh, check them out. They're, I can't sleep without them now. Anyway, racists. So racist. Speaking of racism... <laughs> Um, so this, this comedian, he's like, he's this award-winning comedian and every, everybody was talking about him for that works on the boat. Like, oh, this is gonna be great. You're gonna love it and blah, blah, blah. So we go and he right off the bat, he's like this short, angry guy, you know, somewhat balding, angry dude. Who's like dropping F-bombs like crazy. Damn, Danny DeVito is everywhere. (laughs) But, but he wasn't adorable. Danny DeVito. It wasn't adorable. He was like, he was, he seemed somewhat angry, but he was like, you know, hey, this is how I live. So this is what I'm going to say. I would say F in this and F in that all the time. You know, if I tell you, hey, I like your F and outfit, you know, it's true. If I tell you, uh, you look very good today, sir, you're going to know I think you don't. Andrew Dice Clay type. Yeah, but not like. But not as charming. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not as charming. Like, think of like Archie Bunker. Okay. And so. And and then it just really went that way. And oh. he was like, he's telling the story about, he's like, 
yeah, I went to bed and or and I woke up in the morning. Um, sorry. sorry, there's an Amber <laughs> there's Alert. There's an Amber <laughs> Alert in the middle of our... That's not funny, but no. yeah, there's an Amber Alert in the middle of our podcast. So so he's talking about um, a knock on his door in the morning when he's, when he's waking. He wants to be asleep, but somebody's waking him up. And he puts on this, like, thick Filipino accent and says housekeeping in, like, this almost inaudible, really thick accented kind of a way. And... Jen and Dylan and I looked at each other and we're like, ooh, that's kind of racist. Yeah. But then after that, he goes, he says, oh, come on. You all know they sound like that. They? Yes. And Good I Lord. was, then we just kind of stood up and laughed. I was like, sorry, y'all. We don't need to, yeah. we don't need to see that. That's, um, there's this one TikToker that I follow. And she, um, is your phone ringing? Do you need to answer this? <laughs> no, I don't want you to <laughs> see who's calling. This is why we can't do videos. Don't read it. <laughs> don't, don't read it. <laughs> I don't either. I don't know. Who that I don't, is. I don't know. It doesn't sound like a real person. No. So anyway, moving right along. So we we left that. Um, but I will. I do want to give a shout out to the. There was a, a magician, and I don't know his name, but man, was he amazing. I think mentalists are are great, and we kind of talked about this earlier today. But when you. I think the like mentalists pretend that they're reading your mind. Yeah. But what they're really doing is they're they're making you say what they want you to say. And I find that fascinating. And yeah. he was really, really good. And you had talked about uh, there's a show called The Mentalist. Yes. And that the. He helps the FBI stop crime. Are you surprised that it involved? No, it wasn't the FBI. It was the CBI, which is the California Bureau of Investigation. CBI is investigators for CBS. <laughs> I would watch that show. I know you would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they they in the this this magician so that that show the mentalist had all, all these mentalist shows and profiling shows have a consultant and yeah. this guy yeah. there's one guy that's like a big time consultant used to be a profiler. This magician studied with him uh took a profiling class with him which is how he's so good at what he does. And it, it was really fascinating. Uh, but the biggest highlight for me is like this is silly, but it, it was just cute. And it just talks about how it's so nice um, to be in a space that's full of people from all over the country and have somebody be so open about their lives. So there's this guy who works for it. He's a Filipino kid that works for uh, the cruise line doing trivias. And he said something about having – he was a middle child, and he had four brothers and four sisters, which is why he was half man, half woman. And I thought that was hilarious. And he laughed about it and kind of like kicked his, his, his head back a little bit uh, and was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm gay. So what? So whatever. And, and I just thought it was really cool. And especially on a let's just say when that racist comedian said something, there were people in the audience that were laughing. Of course, there were. there's always <laughs> the gonna people be right in front of left. us. Right in front of us were people. You know, I always I can tell. I don't, you can tell who they voted for in the 2020 election. Yeah. You know, and I was like, okay, I see this is your show. I'm going to go to mine. And so even in those situations, and there were a lot. There's a guy walking around with a Trump hat and all kinds of stuff. I know we don't get, oh, we don't often get too political on this show. Um, no. But, you know, but we're not Trump people. <laughs> no, no, no. We're not political, but we're not stupid. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you have something to say about that, don't email WWN at watermarkonline.com because we'll just read it and laugh. Uh, anyway, so 
but it was really cool. It was a fun cruise. Um, I don't think I got a lot of sleep, not because I'm a partier, but just because we just didn't go to bed until late, and then we get up super early because we'd be the first ones off the boat at the ports and yeah, all that stuff. It was so it was really it was really fun. It's so much fun that I booked another cruise while I was on it. Yes, for a special occasion. Yeah, up. not for a while though. I mean, it's a year and a half away. A while. <laughs> it is a year and a half away, but it's my fiftieth birthday in a year and a half, and so we You're booked be a 50 cruise. Fifty in a year and a half. Yeah. Um, Do you know what I found out too? Because softball started this last Sunday. Like actually that playing you games. Feel close to fifty. <laughs> and yes, I I almost died. I oh my I God, thought I was gonna happened? die. I was like breathing heavy. I just I'm out of shape. I gained weight and I'm out of shape. And and I was playing really well, so I had to run a lot. I will say, as a fat guy, me, not you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but both true. Go ahead. Um, I am impressed with how long and how frequently I can walk. Um, I won't use names. Um, but while we were on this walking tour throughout Gaberhood, the Gaberhood, almost all of Wednesday was all walking. And I, if you look at my numbers, I did like 15,000 steps on Wednesday, 16,000 steps on Thursday, and like 12,000 on Friday. Um, and I walked, and I'm a big guy, so I sweat, and I've, I bring my accoutrements. I got my fan, and I've got my dabbing cloth. But while we were walking around on Wednesday, there was a couple of older, around my age, bigger bigger people um who we had to stop and they had to you know sit down and and couldn't continue on with the walking tour because it was just so bad for them and it was i felt bad for them but i also felt like you know what for a fat guy i'm in pretty good shape <laughs> well you walk a lot right i can keep yeah i do i do i do i i, I, I do oh <laughs> wow God. sorry do you get paid by the i do <laughs> I, full disclosure I have um, drank, you drank an entire bottle, but I also uh, because this is our first day back, so um, I skipped lunch. Oh my god! To get things done, and I have not eaten a thing today. Well, let's so see. it's starting to hit me. Well, we're gonna get to the good stuff here. So, yes. but I just want to say that um, I did learn while I was practically dying uh, on the softball field. I just asked somebody. I was like, they have a, a like a seniors league, like for old people. <laughs> And I said, what age is that? You asked for an application. I said, what, what age does that start at? And somebody goes, 50. I was like, oh, I'm a year and a half away. Aww, but my brother no. is like a month away. So I think we're going to play in the old people's league together. Oh, well, that's fun. It'll be fun. Um, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. So anyway, um, we even though we had all this to do, we, we still agreed that we would watch something yes. and talk about it. I do want to, speaking of that, I do want to say, and this is a critique for Apple Plus TV or Apple TV Plus, whatever, however you you frame it. I'm not an Apple person. Uh, neither, I mean, you're more of an Apple person than I guess. You used to have an iPhone. I've never had an iPhone. I've always done Samsung and then I went Google. So um, while I was up in Philadelphia, I was like, oh, I'm going to download the Apple Plus app and I'll watch it on my phone going because I had not seen the third season of the show we're going to talk about. And Apple, the dicks that they are there is no app for outside of the iphone if you don't have an iphone you don't watch apple plus on your phone so i had to watch it on my laptop and i had to carry my laptop around everywhere which when you're used to doing things on your phone is very inconvenient Oh, I didn't know. That. But, I watch it on Apple TV, so I mean, yeah. like, I have the the Apple. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna thing. watch it, but I was I, in Philadelphia, so I was like, oh, I can't watch it on my TV. 
um, and I didn't get it all finished um, beforehand. So um, I watched it on my laptop um, across Philadelphia, which was an interesting way to watch this show. But um, <laughs> I got it done. Yeah. I got it done. So this is a show I've wanted to talk about forever, mm-hmm. but it really didn't have an LGBTQ angle <clears throat> until, until now. Until season three. Yeah. And it became super LGBTQ. And I was so happy to see that because it it is I don't I feel like it's my favorite show that I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. If not, it's in the top three. It is definitely one of my favorite shows. I think you probably like it a lot more than I do, but that's not to take away from how much I love this show. Yeah, I got super invested. I get super invested I in this show. I feel like I would be friends with this show, but I feel like you would fuck this show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is like, you know, that 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 Mary fuck kill game. You yeah. would marry this show. That's would, how amazing this show is. You would marry this show and spend the rest of your life with this show. I would show. definitely fuck this show. Well, certain people. Oh, I'm imagining oh, is what you're yes. getting at. But Ooh. so anyway, the show is Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso. Which is the from the the creative mind of Jason Sudeikis, uh, based on a character that he played on NBC Sports yes. promotional thing. It's, like he, he this is one of those gag. things where it's like when you th- when somebody tells you how this show came into fruition, it's like really. Um, but yeah, it was just a character he did for NBC Sports. Yeah, and then it turned in it, it basically an SNL skit because <clears throat> yeah. Jason Stake is from SNL, so he basically did this SNL skit on NBC Sports, and it became a series. Now um, there's three seasons, and yes. I believe that when they when they started creating the show, they said it's only going to be three seasons long, and that's. That's exactly what they did. That's a, it, I feel like that's a very British thing. Yeah. In fact, in, in, in England, they don't call them seasons. They call them series. So you have series one, series two, series three, as opposed to season one, season two, season three. Because each season, as we as Americans would view it, is seen as a one contained story in England, in Britain. Right. And it's just, it's it's interesting, and even so, this takes place in in England, which is why I would even bring that up, even yeah. though Jason Sudeikis is American and creative. Yeah, so, I'm not entirely sure if this is a quote unquote British show or an American show, but it is a blending of both cultures. Yeah, and and he created with his co-star, <clears throat> the guy that plays Coach Beard, right? Yes, um, was also co-created, which is something I learned today. I thought that was fascinating. Um, I'm going to throw this up on our big screen so we can just reference it. Um, Once we start videoing these for YouTube, um, then you'll be able to see us throw it to the big screen. <laughs> God bless you. It's me. That might happen again. Oh, so my. So Brendan Hunt was the other co-creator. There's Colin. Hello, Colin. Bless Goodness. you. I'm allergic to talking about Ted, Ted Lasso. So basically the premise of Ted Lasso, right, yes. is that there is, it's, um, there's this football club, yeah. British football club, called AFC Richmond. And the owner of that, her name is Rebecca. Now, Rebecca came into ownership of AFC Richmond when her husband left her. um, Or she she left her her husband, Rupert, because he was having an affair. Now, for those who who haven't watched the show or who have watched the show and been like, where have I seen him from? Rupert. Rupert. Rupert is... Rupert. Rupert. (laughs) Rupert. There you go. Rupert. Um, is Giles from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Right. Yes. Kind, nice Giles. Yes. From Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I it I can't tell you how much it killed me to watch him in this show because I love Giles he's, so much and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's evil in the show. Yes. So so she 
So Rebecca owns this club now, which her ex-husband Rupert loved. Yes. And so she decides that she's going to hire this no-name guy from America to be the head coach of this football team um, because she wants it to fail. She wants yes. Rupert to watch this. She this wants to love watch it burn. Yeah, she wants to burn it to the ground, and she wants him to watch it burn. And so that's the that's the the oh, and 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 Ted Lasso, um, who is hired to take this job just took um um an an american football college team from like the last in the season to championship winners yeah. Yeah. and he does this jason sadasicus dance that he does on snl um where he does that what's the up with that man. he yeah. does the running man um in the locker room with all these people and after seeing that him doing that she's like this guy is a goofball he's yeah. he's the one he's a, a, if you need a comparison he is like um ned flanders from the simpsons yeah, yeah. which i think his character even says at in season three he's like yeah i'm a i'm i'm a dumbass i'm a i'm a i'm a ned flanders. i'm a poor yeah. man's ned flanders yeah and and so it was so he he gets that but so the show i i just can't talk highly enough about it it's you you think like oh this is a i didn't watch it for a long time it was out forever before i even watched season one yeah because i'm like i don't want to watch a show about sports i don't know if you're the same way as i am but um when the show came out <clears throat> i mean it was like overtly beloved by critics i mean everybody was like this is the most amazing show ever and I have a tendency to steer away from shows that critics are like, this is the best thing that's ever happened. So I, yeah, and I also, yeah. I'm, I didn't have Apple Plus TV. So anything that comes up on Apple, I'm like, whatever. I'm not an Apple person. I'm not going to watch your show. Yeah, um, and, and, and for me, it's like, oh, everybody's raving about this show about soccer. Like, what do I care about soccer? I'm not going to watch this show. Yeah. This show is not about soccer. Or as everyone else in the world says, football yeah it's not about football it's not about soccer it's not about sports it's just it's about this you know this this human connection between all of these characters and it is a large cast i'm sure yeah. we will never get to name all of them in the time that we have to talk about it but they are no, they're just it's it's so intricate and in all of them and and the relationships between them so you know we're gonna give out a lot of spoilers like that's what we do on the show so if you yeah, don't want to yeah. if you're gonna go watch it and stop listening come back to us and tell and us what even you if you know what's gonna happen it's still uh, it's still an amazing show it's just and i think we talked about this back when we first both watched the first and second season it's there's it's such a feel-good show it makes you believe in humanity again yeah and and but it, it starts off like he's just such a nice goofy guy and yeah. you just fall in love with that character and then on, aside from him being super nice, you know, you've got all of these people who don't want to like him. Like Rebecca doesn't want to like him. Yeah. She wants him to fail. So she does all these horrible things to him to make him fail and embarrass him in the press. And then everybody in the city calls him a wanker. Everybody makes fun of him. And then they just like after episode after episode, more and more people fall in love with him to the point where Rebecca is like comes clean. And she's like, I'm sorry. I hired you to fail. And I, it's awful and you're amazing and I want you to succeed. And it's just this, it's such a great moment. It's just such a great show. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it absolutely. It's uh, just, even if, like you said, even if you're not a sports person or even if you're not a soccer person, it's just such a heartwarming show. And it just, it just kind of reinvigorates your love of humanity. Yeah. I want to talk about. This is the scene because you came. You watched the show before I did, mm -hmm. and you came in and told me about this scene. Yeah, and this is what made me 
fucking put out six ninety nine <laughs> for Apple TV to watch this show. I'm like, okay, I keep it won a bunch of Emmys. You're like, it's really good. You should watch it. And you told me about the dart scene, and I was like, fine, I will <laughs> buy Apple TV. Yeah. So so just to set up the scene a little bit is um, Rebecca and Ted Lasso are s- slowly starting to become friends. Like she's. She's already confessed to him that she's terrible. She's a terrible person, and she tried to do all these bad things. I think. No, she probably doesn't do that until the end of the first season. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she hasn't even told him that she's there to ruin his life. She's just doing horrible things to him. And so they're in this pub that it, that is like the main pub of this town and that loves football and loves his team. And it's hilarious. It's run by an older an older woman, and it's got like the same cast of characters that that love the team and love to shout at the screen. And they're just I mean. It, it it's really cool. Yeah, um, the possibilities of, and we'll get to this a little later uh, when we talk about the third season more in depth. The possibilities of spinoffs for this show. I would watch an entire show of that pub. Right. Those those three friends. Yeah. In that pub, or there were four of them, and then there were three, and then there were four. Right. There um, were three in the third season, but yeah, I feel like in the beginning there were four of them yeah. there. But yeah, there's the they, two white guys and the black guy the, who was such a gentle giant. Like, it yeah. just what a there's the 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 way they all work together too, and that they're they're just they're just guys that get drunk at a pub and scream at a TV screen, and yeah. then they get to meet these people, and then they're like, you know, it's it's the the way they they work together is is amazing. But so they're all in this pub in this scene, and Rebecca's there with Ted Lasso and Rupert is there with his new young beautiful wife yeah and so he had to in the divorce he had to give afc richmond to um to rebecca but he's saying now that he's going to come back and he's going to be an active member he's going to sit in the owner's box for the shows and he's going to be in her life and she's devastated by this news rebecca wants nothing to do with rupert mm-hmm. she still wants him to fail miserably um, so she wants nothing to, to, to do with him. And the guy's just being really mean to her. Rupert is being really mean to Rebecca at this bar. And so Ted Lasso um, kind of gets involved in a dart game with Rupert. And it's it's just uh, he starts off by like, oh, what is this, darts? You guys like to play darts? And, 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 and Rupert's like, yeah, whatever. And so Ted Lasso throws a dart. It doesn't land anywhere like it's not a bullseye it's not a high point thing he just throws it and he's like oh you know um well why don't we play a game of darts and if if i win then or if i lose you can pick he says this to rupert you can pick the lineup for the final two games of the season Mm -hmm. and if if i win you can't come near rebecca at at the stadium Mm -hmm. and so you know rupert thinks that he's this god of of um of darts so he's like yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna take that deal i'm gonna take that bet he pulls out his very own like um case of darts i just watched it again a few minutes ago um well an hour and a half ago (laughs) but i I just love it so he takes them out and he's like all right let's do this so the 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 scene it kind of advances where you get to the end of the game and in order for ted lasso to win he's got to hit a triple number which is like, if you know anything about darts, it's that tiny little outer ring. Mm-hmm. He's got to land in that, and he's got to land. A, he's got to land in that twice and land a bullseye. Um, but at the beginning of the game, just to give you a hint that maybe Ted Lasso knows what he's doing, he's like, "Oh, I threw that first one with my right hand. I forgot I was left-handed." And then he throws it, it hits the bullseye, and everybody's like, "Okay, this is this is going to be an interesting game." But he's losing. Ted Lasso's losing, but he's losing on purpose. Yeah. You know. And then he gets to the end of this this scene where. In order to win, he's got to hit those two, those three impossible shots. So he starts with this speech, which is it's the speech that I love so much. 
where he says that he was never understood when he was younger. People misunderstood him, and they judged him, and it was really hurtful to him. I think I wrote down what um, what he says. And he says that people – he thought people should be more curious mm-hmm. and that people weren't curious. And so they weren't curious, and they just judged him. And if they if they had asked him anything about his life, then they would not have judged him. And so that's when he – he goes into he's like for example if you had asked me if i had ever played darts before and then he throws a dart and it lands in one of those impossible spaces he's like i would have told you yes and he throws another one and it lands in that impossible space and he said i played darts with my father from every day from the time i was eight until he died when i was 16 and he throws it it hits the bullseye and he wins the game and i just thought i always think like people don't ask enough questions people mm-hmm. just assume things and then they assume that you're doing something mm-hmm. wrong or that you're you're doing something harmful to them. And if you would just ask questions as to why did this happen this way, then you might get to an answer and it'll save everybody a lot of heartache. And I think that's what this show does all the time Mm -hmm. is that it takes a situation like that and shows you if you just, if you treat people like humans, if you treat people like you want to be treated, then things will work out for you. So it was great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Good. Just kind of jumping around. (laughs) Did you open a door? I did. (laughs) Um, I absolutely love every season of this show, but the third season, and we talked about this earlier, um, the third season, as far as critics are concerned and, 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 and people who have seen the show, um, the third season tends to get less positive reviews. And I didn't understand that because after I watched the third season, I feel like the third season was the best of the three. And I don't know if it was because it took more of a dramatic turn, more so than focusing on the comedy, um, or if the maybe the epi- the episodes in this third season are like all double the length of of what the the episodes are in all the the other two seasons. Um, but um, there is one particular episode in season three. It's called Sunflower. I think it's episode six. It's um, my second favorite scene from the whole show comes from that yeah and the 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 episode is they go to amsterdam and there's so many storylines in that that while i was watching it walking around philadelphia i was like stopping and watching an episode um when episode six came up i was in my hotel room and i just i sat on the bed watching this just with this whole contemplative kind of like you know it just such a life defining uh, a defining scene or, or, or episode and it's a, they all go to Amsterdam and they all just kind of discover the kind of people that they are um and um i thought it was really interesting cuz the episode itself is actually written by um uh who's the what's his name um beard the coach oh yeah brendan hunt he wrote that episode based off a story that Jason Sudeikis told him. So uh, Jason wrote the the guy who plays Ted Lasso um, is credited as writing the story. So it's based off a story that he told to Coach the the coach who wrote it, Coach Beard, who wrote the the episode out. And it's just this this expo- uh, exploration of um, just just knowing your worth to people. Um, and it's the episode where uh, Colin comes out as gay and he goes to a gay bar um, and Ted Lasso is is trying to come up with this um, 
this winning formula to, to make the team win. And the entire episode is just this um, stepping outside of your comfort zone to realize the person that you are. And watching that episode was like a life-changing moment. It's like you watch that and you're like, you know, um, you are allowed to be the person you want to be. Uh, and you're allowed to uh, experience the life that you want to experience. And you don't owe an explanation to anybody for that. And uh, I think as I was watching that, I was just... I. And I know uh, uh, you know this, and, and maybe people who have, have listened to the past episode of this, I am not a fan of crying, and I don't uh, – I'm very uncomfortable around people who cry. But watching this, I felt myself welling up, and I was like, you know, this really – this particular episode just really spoke to me about just, you know – Know who you are and accept who you are and love who you are. Yeah. And everybody else be damned if they don't accept you for it. Yeah, you know, the the thing that I like, I love that scene. It's the scene where Colin and and Trent are talking. Yeah. Um, and just to kind of tell you where this goes, Trent, the character Trent is a sports writer who hated Ted Lasso in the beginning. But then he spent a day with him and was going to write an expose that he thought was going to tear Ted Lasso apart. After spending a day with him, he wrote this incredible review of how great he is. And then uh, by season three, he's not part of he's not a journalist with a paper anymore. He's writing a book and he wants to write a book about Ted Lasso. So he follows the team around in following the team around in episode three. I think it is. He sees this guy Colin making out with a guy. Yeah, one and, of the, the the players. Yeah, one of the players, Collins, uh, who's been in the show the whole time, never hinted anything that he was gay or that anyone in the show was. And then in season three, they show him waking up next to a guy. By uh, And episode three, season three, he is caught. Like, Trent sees him making out with this guy. Yeah. So now we're at episode six, which is Sunflower. I think it's six. Sunflower, yeah. Um, which is Sunflower. And then the... Um, uh, they're all in Amsterdam and all the team is trying to decide what they're going to do. So Colin sneaks out, puts on a hoodie, goes out to a gay bar and is kind of like, you know, takes his hoodie off and he's like, nobody knows who I am here. This is great. And then Trent walks in and for a couple of episodes, you're like, how is Trent going to take this information? Is he going to expose this to further his career or is he going to, to, to not say anything? And so Trent follows him to the gay bar and Colin freaks out and he wants to leave. And Trent's like, listen, I've known for a while and I haven't said a word. And there's a reason I haven't said a word. So and that reason is Trent is also gay. So the two of them sit down outside and have a beer together and talk about the what that means to them. And just hearing Colin describe the two lives that he lives Mm -hmm. was was incredible. And how he uh, like how that therapist told him that he is at odds with himself trying to keep these two people away from each other and and so when he's like all that he wants is like that moment after a game um which then he ultimately gets Mm -hmm. ah god it's like fireworks i don't cry but if i did (laughs) i'd have fucking cried there uh i gotta tell you like jen and i cried like for the last four episodes solid it's Um, just so good yeah it's interesting because you watched season three before i did I didn't watch season three until this week. Um, and you told me, hey, let's talk about this because there's queer storylines. So I must admit that I went into this playing a game that people when I was a, a kid played that I hated. Um, but I played it 
and the name of the game is Spot the Queer. And I was playing Spot the Queer because you told me there were queer characters there, and I was like, mm. "Did you? Were you right?" I was right on two of them. First, I spotted um, what is his name, Trent. Yeah, I knew Trent was gay because in the first episode of season three, he's drinking from a rainbow mug. Oh, Snoopy I didn't know that. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh, when you're when you're aware that there's queers coming up, <laughs> <laughs> maybe they're subliminal. They're like that mentalist, and they're trying yeah. to prepare you." And for I was it. like, "When I'm looking for where the gays are, uh, Trent walks up and he's got a Snoopy mug that has a rainbow on it." And I was like, "Trent's gay." And then, do you know that Jen said she knew he was gay from season one? Really, I did not know. Did she say why? And what I, it was? And, well, I said, Jen, you ever heard the that game? Are they gay or British? Well, they're all British, so how do you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah, his rainbow mug is, I was like, oh, yeah, he's gay. Um, and then um, in the first episode of season three, um, the kit guy, the ball guy, the ball boy, um, I can't remember his name, but he's talking about how he broke up with his his partner. And he does it, he uses his gender neutral pronouns. And I was like, oh, he's definitely going to be gay. And it turns out he was not gay. And I was like, oh, I'm shocked. But he's, I feel like he's maybe pansexual. But he, he probably hook, is. Because he, he hooked up with that couple. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't specify when he says he broke up with his partner. He doesn't specify a gender. So I automatically thought, oh, that's one of the, the queer relationships Rick was talking about. Did not suspect Colin at all. Yeah. When episode, I think it was episode three. Yeah. He wakes up next to his, his boyfriend and I was like, oh, Colin's gay. I just knew the third one, Keely, I knew was going to be bisexual. Oh, yeah? I just got bisexual energy from her. Um, so when Jack, who turns out to be a woman, comes in, I knew Jack and Keely were going to get together. Um, so, yeah, Colin was the one that surprised me. I was like, oh, that caught me out of left field. Do you know what else I thought was awesome about the, the whole gay storylines? Is the video game scene. Mm. Um, yeah, it was just... It's funny because I try to talk about this because I know that you hate it when people get emotional. Oh, so I'm God. trying not to. Oh. <laughs> Look but, me in the eye. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but like when this, you think that his best friend on the team has a really bad reaction to him. Being oh gay. yeah, when he he comes to the door. Yeah, but he comes to the house and he talks to him. But it wasn't it wasn't about him being mad that he was gay. It was about him being mad that he wasn't a part of that. Yeah, that you couldn't trust him enough to with that information. But then once they got past that hurdle, yeah, it was like, so who do you think's hot on the team? And he's like, I'm yeah. not going to tell you. And then they just keep going back. And it was like this great moment of just these like, well, now I know somebody I can ask these questions to, so I'm going to ask all yeah, these crazy and questions. That, that, that scene was so identifiable because when I was in the military and I came out as gay, um, I got so much of that. And I know a lot of people think, oh, the military is super conservative and you can't be openly gay out there. This was before Don't Ask, Don't Tell. This was under George W. Bush's Bush's, Bush's. Bush. This was under George, George w. w. Bush's <laughs> presidency. Um, I just like to can I just remind people, Jeremy does drink a bottle of wine during oh, these shows. Yeah, it's and this done. is and, and this it's is done. the whole reason why we do it this way, is so that we can laugh at I have not at, had lunch and I drank a whole bottle and I feel very slurry right now. So. But I will say, um my big one of my biggest fears was coming out to people in the military was being ostracized and most of the feedback i got was i don't care that you're gay i love you that you're gay it hurts me that you didn't think that i would accept you 
And it was that same thing. Like, that's what he was upset about. It wasn't that you're gay. It's that you didn't think our friendship was strong enough to come out to me and that I would accept that. And that's not all on them. That's partly on society that I think LGBTQ people are um, raised in a society where we're forced to see everyone as a potential uh, hater of what we are. Right. And um, it's scary to come out. And it's I just want everybody to know that it's not that we don't trust you. It's that we don't know how to behave in society as an open person because we're raised to think that this is something that's supposed to stay in the closet. So right. um, I love that scene that he like comes where in. We, we are, we are, it's ingrained in us mm-hmm. to assume you're not going to react well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's my theory on religion also. Cause my mother's like, you know, you know, Jesus loves you for who you are. And it's like, it's nice that you say that, but I feel my entire existence has been, People outside of my uh, inner circle telling me, oh, by the way, God hates you for who you are. So I just want you to know that. Uh, So it's difficult to get over that hurdle. Yeah. And so um, we're going to wrap up in a few minutes. But I just want to say, like, season one is is the most feel-good season of any show ever. So good. Season two starts to introduce a little bit of their trauma. Yeah, and season it, two is, and I love all three seasons, but season two is my least favorite of the yeah. three. But it, it, I mean, it enters the trauma. They bring on a, a therapist to meet with everybody, mm-hmm. and it talks a lot about mental health issues. Yeah, and then it gets into season three, which is the owning who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 we didn't talk on this, but please watch the show and and understand the message of forgiveness. Yes, um, that that the show is all about in the end, and it's amazing. Like the there's a, a character that we we haven't talked about. He doesn't follow an LGBT sco- storyline, but he's like the kit man, which is like the towel boy mm-hmm. of the crew. He gets promoted to um, like uh, assistant coach, and then he has this falling out with Ted Lasso, and he goes to work for the opposing team, and he's really awful yeah, to Ted, Nate, uh, Nate, and then. But in the season three, it all comes together in this incredibly beautiful way. It he is, is in see, it's uh, it amazes me with this show. In season two, I can't tell you how much I despise this character, and I held out in season three, trying so hard not to like him. And you can't help but fall in love with him. I yelled at the screen so many times, um, like when he wanted to ask that girl out, and I'm yeah. like, and when she was, I was like, she's being mean to him, yes, and I was like, <laughs> I hate you. I was like, you will not make me like you. You will not make me like you. And then like two episodes later, when he had that scene with his father, I was ah. like, I cannot deal with parents that feel like they've not done right by their kids. And I'm like, and oh, now, God. and now yeah. I can totally get what where you're coming from. But anyway, um, it is, it it is. You've got to watch this show. Yes, it is. You notice how we didn't even talk about the storyline of the games and what that. No, we it's didn't not even about talk that. about soccer. Right. So it's um, not what it's I do want to say really quick um, that I adore of all the relationships in this show. I adore the relationship that Roy and Jamie developed through the three th- the three yeah. seasons. It's my yeah. favorite. I no, love. They're it. great. Roy Kent. He cusses a lot. He's a hilarious character. Uh, but Rebecca, the owner of it, she's kind of oh, my favorite. Absolutely, and amazing. also her sidekick. Oh yes, he's great. He's a ama- uh, just watch the show. Just watch it. Watch and it. Email us. You'll thank us. Yes. it's really the best show. Uh, you can the watch. nice thing that the the three seasons, it's that's the whole series now. They're not doing a fourth season. There's talk of a 
possible spinoff, but the three seasons is its own self-contained story. So you can sit down and watch the whole thing and know. Um, whoa, one thing we didn't talk about really quick before we go is um, if you watch Game of Thrones, Rebecca is the shame nurse nun. Uh, yeah, isn't that crazy? And it blew my mind. We watched the scene before we started the show. And I seriously, I Which haven't is even why we're, I was laughing because it was like so insane. I haven't even processed it yet. Rebecca is the shame nur- nun in yeah, Game, of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Blew my mind. Yeah. So um, I get confused by Rotten Tomatoes with this because I think there was an overall Ted Lasso one, but then each season has its own page. Yeah. So we want to just do the overall. Sure. Overall, I mean, unless you're stupid, um, critics gave it uh, 99 and audience gave it a 100. Yeah, they're all dumb. 90-85. Get the fuck out of so here. So season one was 92-95. Uh-huh. Season two, 98-86. And then season three, 82-77. Get yeah. out of here. Third season, I will say, best of the three. Yeah, I agree with that. Loved it. So we will get back. We said we were going to talk about another gay another movie. Another gay movie. Which we'll talk about next we'll time. We'll talk about next time. Uh, that uh, uh, had a director's cut come out on the 15th anniversary, I believe. But mm-hmm. I'll get details for that and uh, actual facts for that for next episode. But, um, yeah, so we'll be talking about that and probably some other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, But until then, um, the cork is back in the bottle.